On this episode, I go into what is often an overlooked component for any technology project, and that is people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Arv's Notes. So another episode for Thursday, which means that we're going to start diving into uh, various elements in the clouds and the dirt uh, of technology when it comes to small and medium enterprises and not-for-profits. Uh, and today's episode, I really wanted to talk to something that will effectively help you regardless of whether you're thinking about strategy or whether you're thinking about uh, the actu actual execution. Uh, this is a piece that is often completely overlooked. Um, it is something that I think is, will make or break any technology project, and that is uh, people. And wh what do I mean by people? People are interesting in that they bring in bias, they bring in resistance, they bring in their own unique perspectives to everything that they do. And often when you talk about these traits, um, these are often looked at as strengths when you start to think about how they can start to create impact within your organization. But the fun funny things happen when it comes to technology. You know, technology is very objective. It is literally ones and zeros if you're talking about software or automation. Uh, Machinery, software, technology takes input from someone and then does its output, uh, whatever it was designed to do. People are the variable in that. And the example that I'll give here just to start to frame this uh, conversation that I'm having with you guys is um, the use of film editing software. The software itself is, has already been created, already delivers an output. But if you put that software in the hands of a filmmaker or you put that software in the hands of an accountant, who's going to yield the better result? The accountant has not been trained in it, has no idea what to do with that piece of software, knows that he needs to, he or she, sorry, needs to use that piece of software to create great videos for their business, uh, but does not yet have the skills, the expertise, the training to be able to leverage that piece of software that piece of software properly and so the moment he uses it uh, will instantly deem it a failure whereas that filmmaker who's already inherently uh, skilled with everything that they need to be able to execute with it effectively will see it as a success now that's a very extreme example but I used that extreme example for a reason use having the wrong people on a technology project having the wrong perspective, the wrong skills, the wrong expertise on a project, especially when it comes to technology, will often yield bad results. And, what a, and a technology that could have ultimately been incredibly successful for you uh, will ultimately end up in failure, not because of the fault of technology, but the fault of the people on that technology project itself. So when it comes to people within technology projects, um, it boils down to really two key things for me personally. Uh, the first being behavior, and the second being skills and competencies. If you don't understand these two pieces of the puzzle without people, 
especially when we're starting to form teams or we're starting to provide responsibilities of technology transformations, technology projects, day-to-day executions to these people without understanding behavior and skills, we're ultimately already on the path to failure. And it's not because of the technology, it's because of our poor decision-making. And we have to be brutally honest with ourselves. It often is poor decision-making that leads to poor results. So today's episode, um, I'm going to really start to focus on the behavior element because this is something that is poorly understood, often overlooked, and um, ultimately will lead to really poor outcomes for you, regardless of whether you're thinking strategy or day-to-day execution. So behavior, what do I mean by this? When I talk behaviors, I'm talking about intrinsic human behavior, uh, such as no one likes change. Everybody, regardless of how entrepreneurial you may be, in some way, shape, or form, will always resist change to a degree. And we see this day in, day out. Now, when you've spent so many years either training on a system or platform, used to a way of living, when the world starts to push uh, new ways of doing things, you often resist. People resist change because it's just natural to default to where you're comfortable. And when you come to technology, that intrinsic nature of uh, pushing back against change translates into that project. You know, people will start to find ways to make the technology not work so that they can effectively default back to their standard behaviors, things that they're used to, things that they're comfortable with. And it's not just on the scoping element of these projects where this bias against change really comes in, it also comes into once this project delivered and assuming that you've had an incredible team that's embracing that change, that is really pushing the boundaries, getting out of their comfort zones and looking at it to try and make that technology as successful as possible. Ultimately, when it's deployed across your entire organization, then it becomes every single individual within your organization pushing back against it. Because if you're not going to get the adoption of that piece of technology in your business, it's not going to be successful. So it's not just the project uh, scoping and delivery, it's then the adoption to then realize that benefit. And so this is why, and understanding this part up front uh, will ensure that you make the right amount of investments and you approach technology projects correctly so that they have the greatest chance of success. So now we've taken that behavior piece around that aversion, if you will, of change into two parts, the scoping and the delivery of a project and then the adoption, the realization of value. So the first part is the scoping and the delivery of the project. Now, when you're starting to think about a new piece of technology, whether it be a piece of software for project management or whether it be you're trying to roll out mobile devices uh, to your entire workforce so that they can work anywhere, anytime, or you know, you're looking at a new analytics uh, technology uh, or piece of software, sorry, uh, that will allow you to get reporting done a hell of a lot faster, insights that you can action faster. You know, these projects need to be led and need to be made up of a team that, one, have the behaviors uh, almost intrinsically inbuilt into them to want change, to embrace that change. And then two, 
um, have complementing behaviors within that team in order to get the best result. Any team that you have on technology needs to have varying views. You know, you can't all be blue sky thinkers that are thinking about the future so much um, and that's where you default to. You can't have a team that is consistently looking at the numbers. You know, those people that are so analytical that um, all they care about is having the data and using that to justify how you build that project out. You can't have people that are pure process that are just following to tick the box to make sure that all the steps have been taken in order to deliver that project. And you can't have too many people that are really emotionally biased, people that are scared of hurting other people's feelings, that want the team to gel, that want uh, people to be effectively happy or hate conflict. What you actually need is a bit of everything. Because by having a bit of everything on that team, uh, you ultimately have people that hold others accountable and to make sure that the best of each of those elements are brought in. Because at the end of the day, you do need a level of process and rigor around it. You do need the numbers to stack up. You do need that team working harmoniously in order to effectively get to the end outcome. But at the same point, You need someone with that creative mind, that innovative mind to be able to problem solve, to be able to think creatively as to how you approach situations that doesn't always necessarily have numbers backing it or a process backing it. And so it's incredibly important to have that right mix of skills, the right mix of behavior, sorry, here uh, to make sure that you've got yourself in the best possible position. And so for any leader that is going embarking on any kind of technology project, and we're assuming now that you've got your strategy down pat, you've understood your core reason why, and now you've realized that you need this piece of technology to help aid your organization. And if you are now appointing it to a team rather than just the individual, and I'll touch on individuals soon, but usually these come with teams. You need to understand who your people are, not from an IQ perspective, but an EQ perspective. And a tool that I've used consistently over the years uh, is the Herman Brain Dominance Index, or the HBDI. Now, I took this test personally, and it was an incredibly eye-opening experience because uh, it actually showed me where I naturally defaulted to. And the four topics that I talked about uh, before being the creativity, innovation, the analytical and the numbers, the process um, and the emotion uh, are the four quadrants of the HBDI uh, model being uh, yellow for the creative, blue for the analytical, green for the process and red for that emotion. Now, I probably didn't get the definition for emotion right, so please uh, Google that one yourself, or even better, take the test yourself. Because what this one does is, when you take it yourself, you start to realize where you naturally default to. So if you're a leader, you need to understand where your behaviors, where your thought process, what your natural rhythm actually is. Now, for me, you know, my background being physics, mathematics, um, I am extremely analytical almost to the point where I was actually outside the little circle. Um, But at the same point, I was incredibly creative and innovative. And so I registered very high on this blue and yellow quadrants. But with that came 
um, a very low score on that red, that emotion, um, and a very low score on green for process, which is actually very interesting. And what that told me about myself was that I wasn't interested in following a defined process. I wanted to be creative and have that backed by numbers. And I didn't care about whether people liked it or not. It was just that was the way I was going. And that's how I interpreted my HBDEI profile. Now, for you, you might be very different. You may be very blue and green, which is where a lot of people are. They follow a process and make sure it's backed by numbers. You may be very yellow and red, very emotional, very creative, but rarely look at the numbers or the process. And understanding this upfront is very important for you as a leader anyway. But what it will also do is start to get you a level of awareness for how you can start to look at each of the people in your team. You can start to say you can start to see who is very very analytical and process oriented but lacks that creative flair. You can start to see who is that very people person, very EQ heavy, but doesn't seem and but doesn't seem to be strong in the analytical component. For example, you can find those people, and they're traditionally project managers, but there are many other roles who are very very process oriented that really need to make sure that you're delivering on that project. Um, but rarely look at what people's emotional states are or whether they're putting people offside and can't think creatively. And the moment you start to shift that perspective to start looking at your people from that lens, you can then start to realize how to bring these people together meaningfully for the projects that you're on. Now, that's just the behavior element. And in next Thursday's episode, I'll talk into the skills component because that also plays a role. And when you overlay this behavior and skills, when you understand the behavioral makeup and the skills makeup, you'll put your teams who have been tasked with understanding technology in the best possible position to succeed. So my biggest tip for every single one of you you as leaders, um, or even if you're not a leader and you're just very, very curious as to how you fit within your organization from this behavioral aspect, um, I cannot recommend enough for you to undertake uh, this Herman Brain Dominance Index uh, assessment. It, It will be incredibly invaluable if you use it correctly, and it'll be incredibly invaluable if you are unemotional about the results and you look at it objectively, and you understand who you are naturally, and then start to assess and understand who your colleagues, who your teams, uh, what they naturally default to. It's an incredibly valuable tool, uh, and I can't recommend it enough. So that's if you're forming a team around creating this technology project. But what happens if you're, you're a small team? You know, you've only got the resources to effectively put one person on it. How do you go about that? And when it comes to this perspective, it is, it's very interesting because when it comes to technology with a single person leading it, and I can talk from experience because, you know, I'm currently in a position where I am engaging the market uh, in order to find technology solutions largely on my own. And I've got a level of autonomy, um, And it becomes a level of, uh, you one, need to be very creative. And at the same time, you need to be very blue numbers orientated. You can't necessarily always look at process and you can't necessarily look at the empathy element of it. 
because you're not forming a team internally where you're going to have to deliver necessarily. And while there's a process to be followed, if you follow it by the book, you can be prone to a lot of deviation from delivering the outcome. And at the end of the day, when you're an individual looking to deliver on a project, you need to realize that you are delivering an outcome for your organization. And that outcome is not the successful procurement of a piece of technology. The outcome is that once this technology is adopted, it's delivering against uh, what your company needs uh, in order to be successful. And let's put some examples into this and we'll bring it back to that analytic solution. You need an analytic solution that can properly report and provide insight into call center functionality, call center uh, efficiency and effectiveness and actionable insights that allow you to be able to make the right changes in order to be successful. It could be um, a piece of project management software that overcomes a number of deficiencies that because it doesn't talk to a number of your systems, um, but can be easily adopted on, for example, mobile that allows your entire team to effectively manage a project into the future better than the current systems you've got. Could be another could be another piece. It could be you need to completely rethink the way you deliver your service to your end customer because you understand that your customers are shifting more and more to digital-based technologies and traditionally you've been a really face-to-face uh, orientated and uh, not-for-profit. And so how do you translate that product or service that you deliver to your people today from traditionally face-to-face, one-to-one interaction into a digital-based interaction that allows you to serve many people with the same amount of resource? Now that will require not a process to follow. That will require not to be empathetic uh, to a team that you're collaborating with. What it really requires you to do is to think really creatively about how you get to the outcome and ensuring that you've got something backing your hypothesis, your claims to show that it will be successful. And when you come into uh, this, with that perspective, you start to engage the market more flexibly, more creatively. You start to leverage IP in order to um, build out these solutions, um, being unemotional about who it is that brings it in as long as they bring that value that has been validated and allows you to then creatively pull it together in order to create your end solution. Now that's my personal perspective. Now, many people will disagree. Many people will say you need to follow a process. Many people will say that you need to have a level of empathy for the market in order to make sure you keep people's uh, and partners on side with you. But often what I've found is when you start to be everybody's friend, especially when you're approaching the market, when you start to be everyone's friend as you're getting quotes in from the market, you start to feel either a level of guilt so you just go down a path because they've put so much effort into it for you and that path doesn't necessarily lead to the outcome for your organization you know when you're following a defined process to make sure that you know you're not um, breaking any of the rules that you know probity guidelines have been followed that a range of other things right by going too far down on the process side what you end up doing is sacrificing the outcome to fit a defined process for something that is brand new. And if you aren't able to step outside of the process, uh, you're ultimately going to lead yourself down a path where you're going to be sacrificing on your company's outcome 
for the sake of a process that probably needs to be updated uh, in the first place because of the new nature in which uh, this technology is going to be taking you. And so that is why personally, I believe that yes, you need numbers, yes, you need data to be able to effectively justify things. And you need that to fuel business cases to show that you're gonna make that return. But at the same point, you need to think outside the box, you need to think creatively, innovatively in order to do it. So if you're an individual, you're a leader within your organization, you're trying to find the right person for the role. They need to be very, very creative, um, but at the same point, have a respect for the fact that they need to be able to justify with the facts and the figures. So I think I want to pause it there. So this will end today's episode. In the next one, I'll start to go into skills and competencies because while the behaviors are all well and good, you still need the skills, the competencies to be able to effectively understand and then execute. And so in the next episode, I'm going to dive into that and then hopefully bring that all together so that when you're as a leader looking to start a project and you're starting to figure out who do I put onto this, how do I allocate resources, what should I be doing? If you bring this perspective in, I believe that you will be far more successful in forming those teams and then obviously then getting a better outcome to the end customer. So... As always, thank you so much for taking the time to watch this content. Hopefully, uh, it is giving you now that real tangible value, that tangible executable uh, strategies, um, tactics uh, for you to be able to be far more effective in technology within your small, medium enterprise, not-for-profit. If you're an enterprise, go for your life as well. Um, but it's all about how do I bring those kind of like enterprise insights and my insights and give them all to you so that you can be more effective in your roles. Because that's the role of Attica. You know, I created Attica really as a social enterprise to empower all not-for-profits and small and medium enterprises with the skills they need to thrive in a changing world. And as part of this vision for what Attica is going to be delivering, you know, this podcast plays an incredible role for handing that knowledge uh, over to every single one of you to be able to effectively um, execute in this space. So hopefully I delivered to that. If I don't, please send me a message. Um, I want to make sure that this executes against that mission as much as possible. So back to the outro. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this. And as always, I can't wait to see you guys next time.